Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome into another edition of the Hang Time Podcast. Seku Smith here in Atlanta. My main man, John Schumann's in New Jersey. John Hartzell's behind the glass, bringing it to you as we always do twice a week around the NBA. Shoot another wild and wacky weekend around this association. I'm no longer surprised when big-time teams get popped by lottery-bound teams. Apparently, that is the trend coming out of All-Star break. But the Warriors, continuing my, my concern I raised last week, about them taking it on the chin at home with all the home losses they've suffered here in the final year at Oracle Arena. This this one to the Sun Sunday night ranks right up there with their worst. After the game, Clay Thompson's obviously pointing out the need for more energy from the players themselves, but also from the crowd. And it looked like for a moment, if you read lips, Steve Kerr wasn't particularly pleased with Draymond Green. At one point, I, I know I mentioned it last week. Am I being overboard at all in, in my concerns about this Warriors team, or is this all stuff that can be explained away? I'll say this. I, I went back and looked at last season, and last season the Warriors lost 10 of their last 17 games of the regular season. And they obviously flipped the switch come playoff time. So I'll keep that in mind going forward. Like, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not good. Like this is the it's obviously the worst they've ranked in these five years with Steve Kerr defensively. Um, they're out of the top ten, right? They're what are they fourteenth? Oh, they're fifteenth now. 15th. Yeah, last year they were eleventh, and that was with some late season slippage. Like I said, right. This year they've basically been fifteen, sixteen in that range, basically the whole season. Mm-hmm. And so there hasn't, you know, it's funny uh, against Denver, you know. They looked terrific defensively. You know, that first 10 minutes of the Denver game the other night, they were fantastic Yeah, on that end of the floor. Denver made like three three baskets in the first 10 minutes and had seven turnovers or something in that first 10 minutes. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay. You know, the Warriors, when they care, they just flip the switch and, and here they are. They're, you know, maybe the best defensive team in the league when they want to be. But that Denver win is sandwiched by a blowout blowout loss to the Celtics and then a loss at home to the Suns, who are playing the second game of the back-to-back, by the way, while the Warriors didn't play on Saturday. So it was a rest advantage game for Golden State at home, and they lost to uh, one of the worst teams in the league. So, you know, the defense has been mostly you know mediocre for the season like and then the offense has been ugly in a couple in their last three losses they've shot less than 25 percent from three-point range and so they've got things to figure out on both ends of the floor they just and, and you know i know steve kerr and draymond have had a rocky history it just feels like this is coming to a head this season like all of the whatever their warts are they've kind of come to the forefront this season for whatever reason maybe it's that Going for a championship that third straight year that gets everybody. I don't know. Um, but, but, I mean, just like – and, and I say they, this, we're nitpicking a team that's still number one in the West. 
Yeah, and, and still could go sixteen and three in the playoffs. You know, right. like they right. they have that ability. So, and that obviously would erase a, any of the sort of angst, you know, from from the regular season. Yeah, but what do you, what do you think this does in terms of win or lose a championship? How do you think this factors into the evaluation of what they do going forward? Whether like, oh, we win the championship, but man, we don't want to go through another regular season like that again. We just don't want to exist like this anymore. Yeah, like yeah, we don't want to. I, I, I mean, it, it wasn't the cousins thing supposed to add some something fresh and keep them supposed keep them to, yeah. interested, but that obviously hasn't. Um, no, worked. I'm, I'm saying if you're the organization and you have all these tough decisions to make. Is it possible you look at it and say, you know what? If we're going to change anything, let's let Draymond go. Let's let Draymond – this is just for the sake of my argument. Let's, is I mean, Draymond still good enough and important enough to what they do for a long-term commitment to him at the kind of price we're talking about when his production is at rock-bottom levels right now compared to what it was? I mean, I, I think so. Um I don't think that there's a, a fill-in for him mm-hmm. waiting in the wings like a Looney or a, a Jordan Bell or somebody. I think I think if they win another championship, priority number one is just running it back. I mean, they've been too good over these last five years to say, "Yeah, let's move on. Let's it's time to move." Like I think you just when you win championships in the NBA, you just keep going until it, you know until the wheels run off until it, what's the what's the <laughs> wheels, wheels fall, fall off. off there you go wheels fall off you know like uh, i don't know i i i'm of that mindset that if they have another successful postseason and they make it three in a row like how do you you can't break that up well let me let me put it to you in a different way so say you work you're at your job they're at john schumann's hypothetical job let's make you know let's put this in i worked i once worked in an office it sucks okay so let's say <laughs> Let's say you're 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 working in this office and things are cooking. Like you guys have been top of the industry in four of the past five years. And and it's based on the dynamic culture you have, the some superstar talent, some really good make us go chaotic talent that, you know, could be great on, on some days, but detrimental to the product on other days. And you've got a situation coming up where all these guys are, are making or several guys are making decisions on their future. You're the boss. You, you run the whole thing. And you're presented with paying a guy who's, who's the chaotic factor a sizable amount to stay on the staff, but to give you ulcers some days and then to make you really happy on others. <laughs> how, how do you make a determination of his worth to the overall operation? When, when you have other guys who perform at a much higher level and a much more consistent level without all the drama. Who are you replacing him with? That's the question. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to have, you know, it's the same thing when you make a coaching change, you know, all right, well, what's your plan? What's your next, what's your plan? You know, like, what are you doing after this? So, I mean, I don't know who's the, and the thing is because the Warriors are over the cap, like it's not like they can replace one of these guys that leaves with somebody at an equal salary, you know, they basically got to go down and, and, and pay somebody the mid-level or whatever to replace them. So that's a lot easier said than done. Um, and so that's my issue is like, all right, who are you replacing these with? And then two, if you're winning three straight championships, how do you break that up? 
Like I said, I was just curious. I mean, it was something that was on my mind. No, it's valid. It's valid, and I, I see, you know, you can because see. it's going to break up. It's going to end at some point, right? It, it, yeah, sure, sure. So, do you let it end organically, or do you, <laughs> you know, what I mean, do you crack let the it wheels yourself? come off? Let the wheels come off, and, and and well, I mean, I guess the fear is that you you give Draymond a contract that becomes untradeable, right? Like that would be the one fear. Like you could. It can, you could always make a trade in the middle of a season if if you see things you know if it gets you know things right. go go bad. Um, but I guess the one fear would be signing Green specifically. I don't think any of the other guys will ever have you know Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant will ever have contracts that are uh, look like a burden whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe Green does, especially because he fits so well in with the Warriors and wouldn't necessarily have the same value anywhere else you know the fact he is he is as good as he is in part because he plays, plays for that team Stephen yes. Curry and Clay Thompson yes Kevin Durant yeah I'm just like I said it's just a just a thought you know what do you do at the end of this thing whenever that end is and do you ride it out with all those guys I just think it's a tough I mean to me it looks like one or the other, Steve Kerr or Draymond Green, at some point is going to have to go because they're going to drive each other crazy. <laughs> we'll see. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we we shall see. I can't wait to find out what what happens with you know <laughs> one in the postseason and two with this team beyond June. Yeah. What do you do with Demarcus Cousins if you're the Warriors? You got uh, you got Bogey back on the roster. What what now? What do you do with Demar- What do you do with Bogey? I mean, short term, short term, or, yeah. or come July? No, no, no. I mean, just the rest of this season. I mean, you keep trying. I mean, you still got, you know, a little less than 20 games to to figure some things out. Um, mm. I thought he, he looked great in that first 10 minutes against Denver. He was a part of that defense, that swarming defense that, you know, basically suffocated the Nuggets in that in that opening quarter. And he was a part of that. So I think, you know, there's flashes of this Cousins thing working. Um, yeah. just in, the, in general, it hasn't been great. And so, I mean – you know, close game in the playoffs, last five minutes, it's going to be Andre Iguodala on the floor instead of either Cousins or Bogut. Bogut yeah. I mean, it's it's just, we know that. And so you can, so and, and you can't play, you know, the Iguodala lineup 48 minutes, so you need some production from, from the other guys. And if, if they continue to have tough starts, then yeah, maybe you think about switching the starting lineup. But I think mm-hmm. I think they're just too good to, to sort of give up on – on on the cousins thing short term. All right. Well, I'm just, like I said, I, I I need you to talk me off the ledge about the Warriors. I get nervous <laughs> when they don't. Uh, ten of, remember that they lost ten of their last seventeen at the end of the regular season last year. I'm, and right. I'm sure there was some rest games in there. Um, but you know, like I said, they fell out of the top ten in, on defense, and then they were just phenomenal defensively in the postseason. I mean, I watched them. I I, I didn't games in New Orleans. Um, I saw them in the Western Conference Finals. I watched them sprint through the Cavaliers in the finals. So I know better than to get too worried about them. I mean, I know they're how talented they are and how good they can be when they're at their best. They're not the only good team right now that's had some slippage. So let me let me go through the top six teams in the league as far as winning percentage overall for the season. All right. Number one is Milwaukee. They have lost three of their last five. They also lost to the Phoenix Suns last week. Number two is Toronto. They've lost three of their last seven. The Warriors are third. They've lost six of their last ten. Denver has lost four of its last five. Indiana has lost five of seven. 
Philadelphia has lost three of their last five. And then you get to uh, Houston with the seventh best record in the league and an eight game winning streak. So like basically anybody in front of Houston has, has been mediocre at best um, over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, it's that time of year. It's, it's March madness, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and, and, and we're going to have to revisit my list of spoiler teams for last week. Cause a couple of those teams are looking pretty good. I have to add the Suns to that list. Right. We'll get to your spoilers shortly. I, and you're right. Uh, outside of Houston, that you're right. The top tier of teams have not played at a galactic level since All-Star, which is strange. Usually one of those top teams or more, you know, usually you have a couple of them that just cook after All-Star. And, and it hasn't happened. Why do you think that is? Is it is there anything specifically, you know, particularly you can put your finger on as to why those teams have struggled like they have? I mean, I don't know. I mean, Milwaukee has earned <laughs> a little. They hadn't lost two straight all season until right. um, until that Suns loss early last week. Toronto has just been this way all year where they sort of have some good wins and then give Kawhi Leonard a couple of days off. And, you know, yep. and then Indiana, you know, they're just starting to struggle without Victor Oladipo. They were missing Sabonis for a little bit. Uh, he came back against the Sixers on Sunday. They still lost. So here's my Indiana stat. Mm-hmm. So since Oladipo was lost for the season, they're one in five against the other 15 teams that are currently over 500, you know, for mm-hmm. the season with losses to Philadelphia and Milwaukee uh, last week. And they have 12 more games against that group. And mm-hmm. so if the sick, if the Pacers aren't in fifth place at the end of the season, I will be shocked. You know, right. we, we, they were, they were spoil, spoiling the, uh, the sort of top four in the East in the conference semifinals dream that uh, people <laughs> had earlier, but I think their schedule is going to catch up with them, and they're right. going to. Uh, I mean, they're still ahead of the Celtics. Um, actually, they're still they're in a tie with the Sixers for third, um, and they play. I think they play Philly again. Oh, maybe not. Uh, but they, I know they play Boston again at least once or twice. And so the chances of them holding on to a top four seed, I think, are pretty slim because the schedule is tough, and they just haven't shown the ability to beat those good teams uh, since Oladipo was lost for the season. Yeah. Week 22 power rankings are out, Shu. Great job as always. Bucks number one, Rockets two, Raptors three, Warriors four, Nuggets five. Uh, see no room for dispute uh, with your top five. No no reason to nitpick or wrap knuckles with a ruler about the top five. You got another War- Rockets-Warriors game this week, so. Yes, the, uh, yes. Final. Team of the week, the Suns, three and one. With those wins, as we talked about over the Bucks and the Warriors, what the hell is going on in Phoenix? <laughs> It's amazing. They tra- trailed both of those games by 16 points. Um, and so they had two huge fourth quarters against both of those teams. Blame it on Devin Booker, baby. He had, yeah, he was huge uh, against Golden State on Sunday. Uh, Kelly Oubre had a big fourth quarter against the Bucks. Uh, DeAndre Ayton has put some good numbers. Um, it's weird. They're starting Dragon Bender. And that lineup has not been very good. But once they sort of replace him with Mikhail Bridges, they have a line. I like Bridges, by the way. The the Mikhail Bridges lineup with the other four starters, Booker, Tyler Johnson, Ayton, and Ubre, over this five and two stretch that the Suns have had, that lineup is a plus forty nine in forty minutes, which is kind of ridiculous. Wow. So yeah, I mean they've won it's not just those two wins. They've won five of their last seven, uh, which included a win in Miami, uh, right before the heat started to turn things around. 
Mm-hmm. You ready to put some respect on uh, Devin Booker's name now? I mean, I- a little bit. I'm coming around. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Bit. I mean, I mean, we got to see. You know, we got to see him lift the team over over. Uh, I know injuries have been an issue, but I, I mean, I. I I'm still. We're still waiting for the Suns team to really have us well, take the, yeah. take the the king the step forward that the Kings took this season. You right, know, like right. they need to make that move next year for us to to really for me to really start believing in Booker as a a real franchise cornerstone. Right, the same step that the Nets, I would I would say have taken um, sure. in the East, and this is a huge week for the Nets, who are your team to watch. Um, showdown tonight with the Pistons. And then this road trip, who'd they, who'd they upset <laughs> at the schedule maker's office to get a seven-game road trip in mid-March? And six of the teams on the road trip, six of the opponents on road trips are, are teams over 500. I mean, they got, they got to play, play Detroit Monday, OKC Wednesday, Utah Saturday, and the Clippers Sunday. Yeah, and then they, have, they finish that trip with – the uh, death march. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the circus is in town in Brooklyn. I believe is the uh, is the, uh, is the issue. Okay, I think. something like that. Uh, uh, does the circus still exist? I think so. <laughs> but anyway, it's a, yeah, it's a seven game trip. It ends in Philadelphia, and then they come home to play. You know, I think the Bucks, Raptors, and, and Celtics, or something like that. So yeah, I mean it's brutal stretch. Yes, and so we've said this before. They're sort of. Playoff position remains tenuous. Um, you know, they're playing for sixth place uh, Monday night in against Detroit, and they've won three straight. You know, they, they sort of lost three straight against teams against uh, below them in the standings, and they sort of put it together, although the, the you know, what hasn't been convincing. They were down in the fourth quarter to Cleveland. Uh, they were down in the fourth quarter in Atlanta the other night. So they haven't exactly, you know, turn things around exactly, but they're hanging on and they're, they've benefited from, you know, teams like Orlando and, you know, Miami losing games that, uh, and Charlotte losing games that they shouldn't lose uh, at this point in the season. Um, and so it's going to be close. The other, the, I've said this before, the last night of the uh, season has uh, Miami and Brooklyn and then the magic and Hornets playing each other. I forget which location. So there could be could be an interest. It could be a uh, a uh, Nuggets Wolves situation on the last night of the season in the Eastern Conference. If, if I'll take it, I love that stuff. That way, I love that stuff. Um, I absolutely take that. We we did get the return of Joel Embiid, uh, which was nice to see. Thirty three and twelve in his uh, reemergence came after All Star break. Dropped that on the Pacers and the Sixers win. Are the Sixers? Completely contingent on whether or not Embiid is playing at a high level come postseason. Like their hopes rest as much on his shoulders as any teams will on one player. Oh, I mean, for sure, he's he is their MVP, and he is you know if he has a full season, you know, a full healthy season, he is an MVP candidate. I think for the next several years, mm-hmm. um, just because he's such an impact guy on the both ends of the floor. The Sixers ranked 29th offensively uh, since the All Star break. Their offense has been pretty pretty brutal. Reddick, both Reddick and Butler have shot poorly uh, since the break. And B came in. He, he had 33 points and 12 rebounds in a little less than 28 minutes on Sunday. Uh, reminded me of like a couple of seasons ago when he was like on a super <laughs> minutes limit, but was still racking up huge numbers. Like the free know, show. Yeah, huge per, per 36. And so that was their best defensive game in a while. Like he came back and and 
you know, like I said, he had 33 in 28 in 28 minutes, but I think the de- the defensive impact is felt more. And then, you know, I imagine with him back, Reddick will find his stroke just because those guys, you know, Embiid's presence is such an important factor for Reddick. You know, they have that two man game. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see. I mean, I, they have a, they play at Milwaukee uh, this week. Those two teams haven't met since like the first or second week of the season. And so, you know, Milwaukee has a winning record against Philadelphia, against Boston, against Toronto, against mm-hmm. Indiana. But the one, the only, they've only played the Sixers once, and that was before the Sixers traded for either Butler or, or Harris. So that'll be a fun one uh, later this week. I would imagine that when we talk about minutes restrictions, the word that LeBron James is now on a lo- load management minutes restriction. Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball are both shut down for the season. Kyle Kuzma's out. My boy Mo Wagner got a start the other night, got his first start. Is it time, Shoe? It's Mo Wagner time is what it is. To pull, <laughs> to pull the plug on LeBron's season? No, I don't think so. I, I think you let him play. Um, you can be cautious and, and you know, keep Shoot. him out of the second game of, of a back-to-back. Shoot. What? He could tear a knee up or an ankle up or something at any moment. So, you really I mean, want to risk that now in a season that is literally going nowhere for the Lakers? They're done. I mean, that's that's up to him. I don't think – I don't think you can play it like like it live in fear of a of a of an injury. An injury can happen at any point, but you can be cautious. You can limit him to less than thirty minutes a game. You can not play him in two uh, both nights of a back to back. But I, uh, you know, the Lakers play I believe at Madison Square Garden coming up. I think he that don't think he wants to miss that game. Um, I believe that's Sunday. They play in New York on Sunday. I imagine he wants to play there. And then, I mean, I would just leave it up to him. You know, I don't think, I don't like living in fear of something like an injury like that. Like you can certainly be cautious, but there's no reason to be like, shut him down because anything could happen at any time. The guy has suffered one serious injury in 16 seasons. And yes, that serious injury was a few months ago, but I don't know. I I don't think there's a reason to completely shut him down. I just be, I mean, I would literally be worried every night if I'm the Lakers organization. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know. I guess, I guess maybe. With those other guys out, like, you know, you're, you're thinking about like, okay, who's he going to be playing with? And is it worth him to be playing minutes alongside Wagner and whoever is, you know, left on that roster <laughs> or, or is there something to be built with this team? Like, I don't know, like, is, is there something to build on over the last four weeks mm-hmm. um, for that squeed for that team? I don't know. Um, it's a good question. But like I, I don't like I don't like I said I don't want them to him to like shut it down just out of fear of getting injured. I mean, if he's healthy, he should play. He should play. Yeah, I mean, I, it just makes me nervous. Um, is all I'll say. I I do uh, I do feel like the Lakers are doing a service to their players though, like by not putting those young kids out there and risking anything with them the rest of the season. I mean, it's... I mean, well, Brand, that Brandon Ingham issue is more that than... Sounds, just, yeah, that sounds scary. That's a serious issue and right. and, and career-threatening if he, if it if it reoccurs. So that is a totally separate issue than even the Lonzo Ball uh, right. ankle injury. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be very curious to see how LeBron's minutes restriction... Who, you know, who's... I'm assuming they're consulting with him on how he feels and what he wants to do. But that's – who makes a call on that every night? Is it, you know, is it the medical staff? Is it LeBron? Is it Luke Walton and how he wants to play him? I just don't 
My man, Mike, Matt Mancius, he's, he's making that call probably. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't understand how you figure that out. Because, um, you know, if you're the Lakers and you got marquee games and you got, you know, certain opponents that are coming to Staples or whatever, people want to see LeBron. It's like, do they, do they want to see him in a minutes restriction mode? Do they want to see that team? Better than nothing. I don't know. I guess. It's, I mean, I'm, it's a better situation than the New Orleans situation where the player said he didn't want to be there anymore. You know, true, true. But I mean, do you are you you you're fine with Anthony Davis like minutes for LeBron down the sure. stretch of the season, like twenty some minutes a night, and maybe sitting out fourth quarters, whatever. I mean, sure. I mean, I think. I mean, I think also the Lakers. I mean, he's healthy, right? Like, there's no he if he has no issues, mm-hmm. then you owe it to the rest of the league um, with teams, you know, if you have games against teams that are fighting for playoff spots or whatever, I think you owe it to the league to to at least play him some and give uh, the Lakers a chance of winning some games at, at some point. Well, they're running out of time for the whole winning games thing. I mean, that's, it is what, it, I mean, yeah, sure. But um, I mean, you have that guy on the floor and he has a chance to do something special at any point. Sure. Um, Shoes, what other teams are you looking at in the next four weeks that have to show you something that, that need to present to you a, a strong case for who and what you think they can do, who, you know, who they can be and what you think they can do in the playoffs? That's a good question. Um, I mean, basically anybody from two to eight in the, in the Western Conference. <laughs> I mean, who is – I mean, I think Houston is now looking like the favorite – to be the other team in the conference finals. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, they have a chance this week to complete a season sweep of the Warriors. And that game is in Houston. And then, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma City has stumbled a little bit. Portland has stumbled a little bit. Utah has stumbled a little bit. The Spurs are, after coming back from that uh, rodeo trip, they've won five straight. <laughs> so I don't know. I still don't know. Spurs out. <laughs> the Clippers have looked great. Uh, the last couple weeks, they're they're one team that has sort of beyond after the after the Rockets, you know, the Clippers are probably the best team in the West over the last couple of weeks, just and, and securing their playoff spot almost. Right, they played really well, uh, and their starting lineup is they actually have a starting lineup that works somehow. Danilo Gallinari has played terrific. It's great to see him having a help, relatively healthy season um, and playing really well. By the way, we haven't mentioned him. I think all season, and he's having a a, a really good season. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, like I said, like it's going to be fascinating. You know, I don't know if the regular season matters much with these eight teams, as far as you know what they do over the last four weeks, more than you know how they place themselves, and then what the matchups are in come April, because who knows with these teams who's gonna who's gonna really. Um, who has the ability to win two playoff series out of that uh, group of seven teams? And let's hope that the you know the Kings don't don't let go of the rope and and make things <laughs> maybe a little bit interesting for that eight seed and or just finish strong. Um, yeah, you, you know. want them to challenge down to the to the wire. That's... Yeah, and I just want them to go out on even if they even yes. if they don't make the playoffs, you want them to to finish strong and and complete what has been a transformational yes. season. No question, no question. All right, that, I mean that's that's pretty succinct. Sure, I, I had very specific questions this week. <laughs> I'm gonna let you get a nap. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you get some rest. Be sure to check out the full NBA.com power rankings at NBA.com slash power rankings. John Schumann's hard work 
on display every week. We're going to be back on Thursday. You know that. We'll have a special guest. We'll have some trivia. See what happens on a wild and crazy Wednesday night around the NBA. Be sure to subscribe to Hang Time on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for new episodes all season long. Do us a favor. Leave a review. We appreciate the the feedback. For John Schumann in New Jersey, for John Hartzell behind the glass here in Atlanta, I'm Seku Smith. We'll see you right here next time on the Hang Time Podcast.